Welcome to the IPX True North Podcast, where we connect people, processes, and tools. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. This is part two of our model-based enterprise episode with John Haller, Product Marketing Manager for Vertex, and Max Gravel, Director of Model-Based Enterprise for IPX. John and Max are going to break down how to deconstruct silos your organization might have and how to jumpstart your model-based definition. Yeah, I think that's a very good takeaway, I think, for what you guys are saying is that data, and you've mentioned it, is like a universal language that everyone across the departments, company, culture, and regions can can relate to, right? And then take this uh, and be able to implement um, all of that data. But, but with that, why do you think... Um, I think you call them silos uh, in change exist when organ- organizations understand the importance of collaborating cross-functionally. Well, I, you know, Max, I, I can't quite remember how exactly you said it. You said it well um, in regards to it's, it's all about context. And I think what continues to drive the notion of silos within an organization is that companies still can't see their data in context of a meaningful visual, whether it's the digital twin, the 3D product data um, tied to that context. And so, you know, I think that's at the core of it is that we've got this all this valuable data and that data sits in these silos and those silos continue to try to make sense of their own data however what if they could have this visual this 3d visual now available throughout all of these silos that provides a visual context to their data now everyone as you mentioned you know with visuals being you know visuals worth a thousand words now being able to sort of focus and congregate around this 3D representation that provides a representation of their specific data in its context so they can make intelligible intelligible and actionable decisions. If, if I think about one of the biggest things that's standing in the way of it, and again, you alluded to this uh, rightly so, is file-based dependencies, hardware restrictions, being able to accurately view this uh, 3D in this visual context, if you will, on a phone, on a standard issue laptop, and being able to view this real-time data as it's happening with the updated, the most updated um, version of the the 3D product data and the context that they're looking at it in. So if, if I'm thinking about what keeps organizations siloed, it's that they still can't find a way to bring context to their data that's meaningful, not only for them, but for other functional departments as well. Yeah, John, I think you said it. Like, I want to clarify, like I say, uh, data in context, in the right context, becomes information. And 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 I think that's the silo again. It's, it's, it's once... The, it, it, a lot of me, the silos come from the previous culture, right? Before we were digital and everything was a paper, right? There was, it, there's a lot of processes and culture and a lot of, to me, metrics still today, key performance indicator that may still 
I would say favor or reward, older habit of it was okay to be within your organization that reward uh, habits that are not in favor of collaboration. They're not really, there's no, what I'd like to say is in order to break these silos, simple as that, is you got to start to find ways to reward collaboration. Mm-hmm. And it's all start with the metrics and the vision. And to me, in order to reward collaboration, we start from a design is you make a model, very complex model, and you find a way to make that model very simple, a live viewable, and you find ways that people have access to it. And then with that, by improving collaboration to me, in order to get your context, this is the famous digital trend, right? Mm-hmm. Connecting data. So as you start to favor collaboration and people reusing your data because they don't get an email, and can you please send me that model? Can you please right. send me this? Once you connect your data to a context that people have access to, the data is reused. Everybody looks at the same data and you actually improve collaboration. It's just you got to find ways to me to create these performance or metrics or reward system, encourage this. My experience uh, as we got there, uh, this was simple. Well, we got lucky 2006 a senior vice president of the company at the time say we're designing a clean sheet aircraft mm. and there's only one rule you are not allowed to use drawing no. this to us yep. this was such an easy way and from there everybody said it's impossible how are we going to communicate but by just standing that metrics or that one rule we started and we we just grew 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 and we by doing that, it forced everybody to be creative and start to collaborate because now no one would say, please send me a drawing. I don't have access to the, 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 to the tool. Right. So right. my experience was that. And then it's just to keep uh, uh, once, once, once you use the model, I think everybody knows that once you, uh, uh, you have a chance to, like I say, uh, build a grill uh, using a 3D video virtual and mm-hmm. virtual paper, 99% of, especially people like me that have a hard time reading mm-hmm. <laughs> or don't read at all and look at the picture, but it turned out it was uh, actually last week, uh, just in case like that, my neighbor did a grill. He had the paper and uh, he looked at it uh, upside down and uh, the grill had to be rebuilt, right? So <laughs> it is an actual true story. That happens. Yep. Video, you can spin it, but it's an inch, it's to me, this was so liberating and it allows us to understand the value of having one source of truth because mm-hmm. we had carrying mm-hmm. it. And, and the result of that, we were able to certify in 15 years. And this is real uh, two brand new green uh, clean sheet aircraft and four derivative uh, uh, aircraft uh, in 15 years. And I have to say, we could not have done it mm-hmm. in the paper. Uh, because it's a lot much harder to disseminate and create context. It's really right. with the paper, you're losing the chance to create context. So mm-hmm. find ways to me, silos is change the culture, find ways to reward collaboration, data reuse. And these are to me should be celebrated and rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it also 
is a is a good way to foster more of a customer centric yes um, environment as well. You know, think of this scenario that um, we're working on some customers with right now as a way as an example of what an organization can do when they break down the silos between functional departments. Um, you know, a company is wanting to better understand field performance data of their product for two reasons. One, that that can help the service organization be more responsive, perhaps enable, you know, more predictive maintenance type of measures. But then there's also this, this direct feedback loop to engineering to be able to say, you know, this part, this assembly, this product out in the field has performed in such a way. Let's understand that data. Let's maybe look at it in its context over perhaps multiple design iterations and be able then to use that going forward to to make design improvements. And so, again, like you said, when an organization is able to provide a 3D visual representation in context of the data, that enables multiple functional departments to be able to improve their processes, all with the goal of improving the customer experience and, and improving their brand loyalty and meeting the needs of their customers. And, and just to clarify that, I think uh, we look at it a lot of time from uh, creating, from the design, and the data goes downstream and gets enriched. But there's also a feedback loop. It was it, especially with the change process and sharing information when you go enterprise. Mm-hmm. If the data is out there and there's a possibility to see a context. The designer are able now to see data, information that they were not aware of before. So by seeing that, everybody become by knowing what other groups or function, because everybody's working on the same boat, right? Our goal is to all work for the company to be as efficient and help the company. Mm -hmm. We all have the same Goal is just interesting as as you see someone else data or output because it's connected and you can have access to it. It allows you to get smarter and sometimes be much more proactive. I've seen it before where a designer would just take the call and and, and call a purchasing or a, a legal specialist or something because ah yeah I see or you are using that data because it's important to you for this and look I'm about to change it. Is it okay? Should I go left or should I go right? And it's just amazing from a change process perspective. uh, It just was amazing along the year to see how much more prepared, how much the question, how much uh, these technical solutions were already integrated across the enterprise. And it, it, it tremendously sped up the process just by having collaboration and access Everybody gets better. Everybody thinks about the users, the downstream users. Absolutely. This allows to, to the process to flow and decision to be made quicker in a better way. And a lot of times without creating conflicts and requiring Absolutely. to make these decisions mm-hmm. to a higher level of management, which with all due respect, they sometimes they just don't have they will make a decision, but they don't always have all the technical information to make maybe what's the best decision. So uh, tremendous. It allows us to do a lot more fast track change that did not require. It allows us to be much more streamlined. The implementation got smaller and also the cost. It's interesting how 
It allows us to be better at estimating the cost because everybody was involved of change. So by, by having this better information, we were able to look at it and say, huh, it's not passing. This benefit, knowing all the costs, because it's interesting of everybody touching service, purchasing, and so on, knowing the cost, we would just sit down. We wouldn't need a, man a management. We'd say, mm -mm, this is not smelling the best. Let's not do it. Sorry, Mr. Engineer. Great idea. Can you live without it? Okay, you know, perfection is the enemy of good enough, right? Sometimes right, we, say, right. we allow to be better, make better change, be more efficient. So this is my experience uh, using leveraging the 3D. And this is why I'm uh, very happy I joined IPX as mm -hmm. a model enterprise because I I am a believer. Uh, I'm a believer that uh, leveraging 3D data uh, is actually a good, good thing for the enterprise uh, it might be an investment initially some on obviously like any change there's uncertainty and you need to get over that 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 transformation but once you get over i, I don't know anybody from my past experience that would go back uh, if they had the choice just keep doing more how can organizations or how would you guys help organizations begin to kind of break down those silos and then jumpstart model-based definition in their organizations to order in order to move to model-based enterprise? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think what I've experienced um, in some of the, the former companies that I've been a part of and then working with engineering in particular is, and I don't want to pick on engineers. I, I got my undergrad in engineering, so <laughs> I guess I'm I'm uh, uh, throwing a little shade on myself, but certainly not intending to, is that engineers like to hold things close to the chest. They like to keep their data to themselves. And as you mentioned, you know, there's always this strive for perfection that I believe a lot of engineers carry with them. And, and that's absolutely great. I'm glad engineers uh, are always looking to take the best possible route. However, a lot of times what that leads to is the reluctancy to let the data go. I would say from a mindset standpoint, you know, there has to be this shift where organizations have to think about data as an enabler and that we don't always have to hold it so close to the chest and look for those technologies and those solutions that enable um, instantaneous updates that um, mitigate the concerns that an organization might have. If I let this data go, I won't be able to track changes. I won't be able to update. Uh, another one is security. If we think about working to break down silos and sharing data, sharing 3D product data across the organization, security comes to mind. I can remember very vividly um, and unfortunately having some of our, at one of the companies I was with previously, some of our sensitive IP data um, leak out through a supplier and ended up in one of our competitors' hands. And they ended up building the exact same product as us only for 20% cheaper. And so you can imagine the, the difficulties um, and the, the hand wringing that, that that brought on. But if I'm thinking about two things here, it's about um, understanding that data needs to be leveraged across the enterprise and that look for those solutions that free that data and do so in a secure way. I think those are first first key steps and really starting to break down the silos. To me, uh, thank you, John. I think you got a lot. Just to me, what I'd like to add to that is 
as you remember, our, my experience was easy to do a transition to use 3D model because we were not allowed. Uh, what I would say is it's not about uh, just engineering. Start small. And a lot of companies today are still, in my opinion, doing model-based drawing. They're creating this nice 3D model in order to create another drawing that's going to be consumed by the downstream. Mm -hmm. So the simple way to do it is in your company, start with a model, smart on a small project, and maybe it's just prototype, but like start and look at a user of data and mm -hmm. say, this is my model. Is there any way that you would need? Uh, is there any information that you need that's currently, right, either on the drawing that there's a way uh, to transfer it to the model? Or uh, something like that. Try to make sure that the model has information, at least for a group, that are able to use the model as the sole source of truth. Uh, this mm -hmm. is the goal. So in order to get away from the drawing, you got to get people to be comfortable that in their role for their usage, right, the light viewable most likely because they mm -hmm. want to get is if you say, does that give you enough information to start your context, right? Mm -hmm. your data and do your work and once you have done two or three different group and four group at some point you have understood that hey people are aware they see the benefit and it's about a uh, finding way to me uh, like you mentioned john is just to start to connect don't put everything in the data mm -hmm. model because it's unmanageable uh, there's too much in it and it's hard to transfer try to find ways for people to see this and see what data they can connect to create their context. So right. that would be to me, start with one users at a time. Mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. at a time. And it, a lot of people, it starts with manufacturing. Absolutely no problem. They're the next one. Uh, but the, the customer might be one. It might be a place where it's easier. Uh, so just be creative and find user that can say, I'm aware of it. And, and, and I will no longer use other means. I know that's the model and that's my source of truth and I'm connecting to this one. So Absolutely. That's my, my experience. Uh, don't try to do it. Go, don't go from model-based design to model-based ecosystem or enterprise <laughs> in one sitting. Take mm -hmm. one domain at a time. To me, a different data user will say, hey, if you could do a little bit, if you could do this instead of that in your model and at the same time, you start to develop your standards, right? Mm -hmm. you develop your standards, and slowly and slowly, you're, you're, you develop your standards with your data users. Uh, it's not just an engineering. It's no longer engineering. It's, it's enterprise uh, yeah. nowadays. You mentioned you guys co-wrote a blog about MBE together, um, and we'll make sure we'll link that in the um, show description and show notes for people to go find. Uh, and check out any final, just short kind of tidbits for people to take away from this episode. Yeah, I'll just throw a few out. Um, I think what a couple things that come to mind is understanding that 3D product data is um, needed for the entire enterprise and to look for ways to connect your enterprise with a visual representation to impact all the metrics that these downstream teams need to hit in order to make a successful enterprise. Uh, and the other thing I would say is 
look for ways, look for ways like small ways, like Max said, find solutions that allow you to easily free the 3D data and to create innovative business solution applications or augment ones that are already being utilized within your organization in a way that enables you to to prototype, to deploy, and to operationalize in a matter of days or weeks, not months or years. There's there's plenty there's solutions out there. Look for those solutions that accelerate and don't bog down your digital transformation initiatives. So me, my 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 five cents uh, on this one. Good question, Chris. Is I would ask everybody close your eyes. And imagine your company in 20 years. Do you see, if you see your company in 20 years still being successful with the way they're do, do, doing business today, uh, without digital, without 3D model, don't do anything with MBE. But mm-hmm. if you're one of these companies that believe that in 20 years, if you have not made some steps to go digital, to get the thread and, and liberate uh, be a, a business that actually use models to help you make decision, do work, or transfer information, and then start from there. See what are the once you look at it in twenty years, what is the first thing you need to do, and go small. But um, staying static, a lot of companies have done. There's a lot of experience now in companies. I have more failure stories about model based than you can think of because we were kind of ahead. Uh, company like IPX, like Vertex, like all kinds of other companies have experience. Uh, there's most likely companies that are in similar situation as you are. And, 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 and don't reinvent the wheel at this point. Just understand clearly what your needs are and, and, and just focus on that. No one's going to be 100% and there's no to me. I am 100% MBE. I am MBE enough. I'm as much MBE as I can be. And after that, mm-hmm. it is not going to improve my performance or my competitive advantage. So that's it. Close your eye in 20 years. Think about it. Are you still in business and successful if you're not moving? And then start one step at a time. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing that. And we're trying to end each episode on like a lighter, positive note. So we have a kind of odd or fun question. So this will be exciting to hear your guys' answers to this, but if you had if you had to be shipwrecked on a desert island, I'm sorry, if you had to be shipwrecked on a deserted island, but all your human needs, such as food and water, were taken care of, what two items would you want to have with you? Oh boy. Go ahead, Max, if you know. <laughs> Coffee machine? I am. I would not make it without coffee machine, espresso machine, and I would want to have music. Okay, awesome. Music and coffee, espresso. Gotcha. Espresso and. <laughs> <music>. <laughs> you know what about you? I, I think I I also have to uh, have to agree with you on the first one. There, I would want my own personal coffee machine from my kitchen. Not just any old espresso coffee machine, uh, and then I would I would want a piece of technology so I could read. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking about a pillow too, but you know, <laughs> basically, I, I like coffee and pillow. 
And then, yeah, we could have said flare gun. We could have said anything. We said coffee and <laughs> electronics. That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, again, uh, John, Max, thank you for being on IPX True North podcast, sharing about MBE. Uh, it was great having you. Yeah, thank you again to, IP, to IPX, inviting Vertex and myself to take part in this. Thank you, Chris and John, for uh, for for having me. Also, this was a great uh, great discussion. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe and review the show. And for more information on IPX, visit ipxhq.com.